Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hello, and welcome to How to Handle Conflict. I'm communication and leadership skills expert, Pamela Jett, and this is episode number four of How to Handle Conflict. In our previous episodes, we discovered that conflict is inevitable. It is natural. It is normal. And it is also neutral. And it's how we manage that conflict that makes all the difference. We know that conflict is going to happen in every facet of life. Anytime we have opposing viewpoints, ideas, or solutions, and a decision needs to be made between them. But how we make those decisions and how we handle that process can make all the difference in our success personally and professionally. We also talked about and discovered in episode number two what the roots of conflict are. And we learned that things like personality differences, communication issues, as well as differing values, differing beliefs, differing perspectives are typically at the root of conflict. And we learned why conflict escalates. And we discovered if we can stop that pattern of escalation, we increase the likelihood that we would make a healthy conflict management choice, that would we stay out of the fight choices and the flight choices and make more healthy, assertive conflict management choices. Because remember, again, conflict itself is natural, normal, it's also inevitable and necessary in many ways for growth and progression and problem solving to be at its highest level. We want some conflict. We want to be able to manage it in a healthy way. And then in episode number three, we talked about ways that we can personally change our frame when it comes to conflict and stop that escalation cycle, take a different perspective, see things from somebody else's point of view, question our own motives to increase the likelihood that we would use effective conflict management strategies. So with that in mind, in episode number four, today's episode, we're going to be talking about some typical conflict management styles. And as we do, I would encourage you to ask yourself, what's my natural tendency? And you may have a natural tendency to use a few different styles in different situations. And I'll walk you through those and I'll share with you what my styles are. And in what situations I tend to use them. And there are lots of different ways of looking at conflict management styles. But this is one of the most helpful ways from my perspective of understanding it. So remember, we talked about how uh, when we feel threatened, when things get on that escalation level, we're going to use either fight or flight strategies, or we're going to use healthy, assertive strategies. So one of the most common conflict management styles that people tend to use is the passive style. It's the, you let the other person have their way. You let them win. You give in, you cave in. Now, here's what's important to understand. While that is more of a flight style, that's more of a passive style, that's not always a bad choice. Sometimes it's the very best thing to do. It's like, oh, you know what? The stakes are really low. 
I don't really care whether we go to restaurant A or restaurant B and you want to go to restaurant B. Yeah, let's go to restaurant B. And you're, you're fine. It's passive, but it's, there's not a lot at stake and you don't hold any um, grudge. You don't hold any frustration. You're not annoyed. You don't feel like you're taking advantage of it. It's a genuine, it's not important to me. I prefer restaurant A over restaurant B, but I'm happy to go to restaurant B because I like it almost as much. That can be a passive, you let them win. Stakes are really low, not that big of a deal, keeps things from escalating, no harm, no foul. However, sometimes the stakes are going to be very high. And if you cave, if you let somebody else win and you are sacrificing your integrity, you're compromising a core value for yourself just because you don't want to speak up or you're afraid that they won't like you or agree with you, then that passive strategy is probably a counterproductive strategy. And yet some of us, that is our, that's what we do most of the time. It's very passive. You let other people win. You just, you, you, you don't want to do, deal with it. So you let them win, which eventually can become pretty dysfunctional. And then there's another strategy that also falls on the uh, flight strategy. It's avoidance. It's when you refuse to engage or ignore problems or stick your head in the sand or just won't acknowledge it, just won't deal with it. You might even find yourself not going to meetings or not attending a Zoom call when you know there's going to be conflict because you just don't want to get caught up in it. You just don't want to be a part of it. You refuse to engage. Again, sometimes that's a wise choice, especially when the stakes are really low. But if the stakes are high, it could be a pretty poor choice to refuse to engage. It can also, over time, erode relationships. So even if the stakes are low, but you always avoid, you always avoid, you always avoid with your partner, your significant other, with your friends, they might start to think, doesn't anything matter to you? Doesn't our friendship matter to you? Don't you get passionate? Don't you have any, like, does nothing matter to you? And in the workplace, if you always avoid, people will start to think, hmm, you know what? I mean, I know that she doesn't have a dog in every fight, but doesn't she have a dog in any of them? Like, doesn't, doesn't anything matter? Isn't she willing to go out on a limb for anything? Clearly, she's afraid. And then it starts to impact my professional reputation. So being passive and letting them win or avoiding and refusing to engage those are often counterproductive styles. Now, on the other end, there is the aggressive style of conflict management. The aggressive style of conflict management is at its base a you-must-win-at-all-costs approach. It is very much the win-lose model, but you are going to make sure that you win. And in order to make sure that you win, you do everything you can to make sure that they whoever they might be, lose. And you will use every tool in your arsenal to make sure that they lose. You may get loud and rowdy. You may use foul and colorful language. You may use uh, manipulation. You may yell. You might use physical intimidation. You might raise your voice and get very stern. 
You might become irrational. You might just drown people in evidence or facts and refuse to discuss anything else. You might belittle and demean other people who have positions that are contrary to yours. We know that this is not productive. This is disagreeing and being disagreeable. This is turning conflict into combat. This is a very destructive way to manage conflict because it's going to shut the naturally more passive or avoidant person down even more. They will not engage with you. And we talked about the damages of conflict that goes unresolved is that growth stops. There's all sorts of organizational byproducts like disengagement, siloing. You also end up with poor solutions to problems because nobody's afraid to speak up to the bully and say, hey, I think I see it differently. Let's try this. So that's going to cost a lot of money or here's an unintended consequence we haven't talked about are we sure we want to go down that road uh, that's the aggressive approach and it can shut people down or it can trigger another person to be aggressive and now we're ending up in this hostile fight and here's what happens if you get two aggressive people often you end up fighting about how you're fighting you're yelling i'm not yelling yes you are and now we're having a fight about how we're fighting we're having conflict over how we're doing conflict And the issue at hand can get lost immediately. So remember, we talked about two ends of that spectrum. That's the fight spectrum. That's the aggressive side and the flight, which is more passive and avoidance. But there is a healthy way to manage conflict. There are tools that are much more effective. And the two conflict management styles that tend to be much more effective or more assertive are what we often think of as compromise and collaboration. And while on their surface, compromise and collaboration may seem to be the same, they're not. Compromise is when you meet, so to speak, in the middle. It's a win-lose, win-lose. So I give in a little, you give in a little, but I also win a little and you win a little. So remember our very simplistic example, and I know it's a very simplistic example of going out to dinner and you want to go to restaurant A and they want to go to restaurant B. And we talked about, I believe it was in episode two, of sometimes that's really not about the restaurant. It's about the emotional drivers behind that restaurant. So uh, you might want to go to restaurant A because you're craving a time to connect. They want to go to restaurant B because they're craving a time to watch sports Um, in public and have, you know, have a good time watching sports with you. And they like to be with you while they watch sports, but it's not about intimate conversation. So restaurant A, quiet connection, restaurant B, sports watching. If you are using good communication skills, you might discover, oh, my partner really wants some time to connect with me. And I might discover, and oh, you really want to watch sports. And since the game is only on tonight, why don't we go to your restaurant tonight? And then this weekend, we'll go someplace quieter where we can have some connection time as a couple and not have to think about the kids and the house and all those things. That would be compromise. You meet in the middle. like you. So I lose a little. I don't get the connection right away. But eventually, I also get the connection. And they lose a little in that they don't get to watch sports maybe both times you go out to dinner, but at least we both wind up also winning and that we both get what we want to some degree. This can happen in the workplace as well. Hey, you know, you want to save time and I want to save money. Well, what if we um, 
save time in this area, but we, and it's going to cost a little bit more. What if we save time here, but spend a little bit more money, but what if we, it's a little slower, but it saves us money in this area. And so we kind of meet in the middle and we wind up in a budget that's workable. That's compromise. It's meet in the middle. And that that's a, not an easy thing to do sometimes, especially when the stakes are high. Because people will often dig in their heels and dig in their heels. And it can be a problem sometimes if you compromise the wrong thing. You give up the wrong thing. You give up something that will trigger resentment in you. So it's compromise is a delicate thing to do. It's not always just about meeting in the middle. You have to choose very carefully what you're willing to compromise on and where you might need to stand your ground a bit more. And then there's collaboration. Collaboration is not when you give up a little and they give up a little and you meet in the middle. It's when you scrap the initial approach and you come up with a mutually acceptable solution. So say that you want to go on a, a vacation to one place and your partner wants to go someplace else, but you can't figure out a way to meet in the middle with that, but you come up with, oh, wait, but we could go here. We both really wanted to go here. That works. Same thing in the workplace. It's like, okay, we, let's see if we can find a different solution, one where we can all be happy. And like, these are the things that matter to me. These are the things that matter to you. Is there a way that we can achieve all of our goals and objectives? That's collaboration. That's an assertive approach to conflict. So ask yourself, what is your natural tendency? As I mentioned, I tend to be a bit more of a passive person. I don't refuse to engage, but I often let people win. I might start out by being more assertive and expressing myself, but at a certain point, sometimes I will become passive, especially if somebody's aggressive with me. So I've had to work very hard to use those frame-changing questions I talked to about last episode about what am I afraid of so that I can use my good assertive skills so that we are more likely to compromise or collaborate. You may fall on the other end of the spectrum. You might be aggressive or you might naturally be a compromiser. Like that's easy for you. And by the way, that's my secondary. I, I get passive sometimes, but I also compromise is pretty easy for me. It's not a hard thing for me to do. That comes pretty naturally to me as well. Compromise is not quite as difficult as collaboration, so it may be easy for you to compromise as well. None of these strategies are right or wrong. They all have their benefits. I mean, in some situations, it even makes sense to be aggressive, but those are few and far between. Same thing with passive. Those are few and far between. There may be a situation where you must win at all costs because the cost of losing is so huge to the business or to your relationship, what have you. There are situations where it makes sense to be aggressive, but they're few and far between. Same thing with being passive. Makes sense, but it's also few and far between. Most of the time, we want to try to compromise or collaborate because at their root, those are assertive strategies. By the way, my favorite way of understanding assertiveness is assertiveness is communication that respects the rights of both parties or all parties. So when I use assertive conflict management styles, I'm engaged in conflict management that is respectful. I can disagree without being disagreeable. One of the easiest changes, by the way, you can make is to stop saying I disagree and start saying I see it differently. 
Because if you say, I disagree, what you're essentially saying is I'm right and you're wrong. But you say, I see it differently. You're not saying I'm right or you're wrong. You're just saying this is, I have a different point of view. Doesn't by very nature make the other person feel wrong. I also really believe in, this is one of those other superpowers or superstar tips, in engaging in some cost-benefit analysis. You know, ask yourself, is this something that I want to engage in conflict over, or is this something where it's easier to either let the person have their way or to compromise or do we need to go down that role, role of using collaboration? And sometimes if you just take a moment and do a little bit of cost-benefit analysis, you realize, oh, yeah, that one is worth it. Or nope, that one's not. By the way, after you have decided that, yep, this might be worth it. I'm going to, I need to stand up for this. You, one of the skills that you can use, it's another superpower for de-escalating things and getting things on a collaborative track is to listen for common ground. Or listen for common values, listen for common beliefs or common perspectives. You know, I hear you saying that blank is important to you. It's important to me as well. Or, you know, we both really want this project to work. Or we both have the ultimate goal of, and you share your understanding of common ground. And if you work from the common ground to collaborate, it's a whole lot easier. So we both have this in common. This is what we're both looking to accomplish. Or this is what I'm looking to accomplish. What are you looking to accomplish? And where do our, where do, where do these overlap for us? That's the sign of good collaboration or compromise. Sometimes the person or persons you'll be dealing with will not respond effectively but if you're using great probing questions, hey, tell me more about that. Help me to understand what's really, like, what's the logic here behind that? Not in the defense producing way. Well, what, what could you possibly be thinking? But like, what's the core here? What are your core values that are driving this approach? Help me to understand. Or I'd like to know more about your point of view. Tell me more. Because then when you get their point of view, you can say, yeah, it sounds to me like you value A, B, and C, as do I. So this is what we have in common. Can we figure out a way together that we can meet those core needs that we both have? Now you're starting on common ground. All of these tools, this ability to stay assertive, to be on common ground, to choose an effective conflict management strategy require that you as an individual have the ability to make a choice in the moment that will be productive as opposed to destructive. It also requires that you are able to have some emotional control, to not fly off the handle, to stay calm, cool, and collected and make smart choices even when others are not. So that will be the focus of episode number five. We are going to discover how we can stay calm, cool, and collected in the face of other people's escalation. How do we make smart choices even when others are not? This has been episode number four of How to Handle Conflict, and we've discovered the five basic conflict management styles. We've asked ourselves some important questions regarding those styles. We've discovered how we can use some superpowers like 
looking for common ground, so we're more likely to collaborate or cooperate. In episode number five, we're going to discover how to stay calm, cool, and collected so you can actually use the tools that I have been giving you in episode one, two, three, and four. I'm communication and leadership skills expert, Pamela Jett. If you want to find out more about my relentlessly positive communication and leadership skills, and by the way, don't get relentlessly positive confused with happy clappy all the time. It is a very different approach than that. But if you'd like to find out more about what relentless positivity is and how you can use those relentlessly positive leadership and communication skills, you can find me at PamelaJet.com. That's P-A-M-E-L-A-J-E-T-T.com. And stay tuned for episode number five of How to Handle Conflict. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.